You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Oh, Grump. It's nice to do these shows after a, a victory. It hasn't happened very often, but uh, I'm in a relatively good mood today. You know, of course, we, we pulled a doubleheader yesterday. You know, Giants at one, Knicks at seven, and of course, the Knicks had a, you know, pee on our parade, but hey, this show is the Just Giants show, and you that's know, yeah. That's not my let's problem. Let's take it for what it was. We, a victory. Victories don't happen very often this yeah. uh, this decade. So we'll take it. Yeah, and you know what? The Giants kind of dominated this game. You know, the, it, it started off a little sluggishly, but I mean, you look at it. It didn't feel like a domination at all if you were at the game, and and certainly they were kind of gridlocked for a little bit there in the in the middle portions of it, but. After rewatching it and just seeing how bad Carolina's offense performed against the Giants, uh, I mean, they they really really stuck it to them, twenty five to three. I mean, well, let's put it in perspective. I mean, you know, these are two teams that are they are struggling. They are all banged up. You know, uh, Carolina the Carolinas that they got a real problem at quarterback. You know, they have no future at quarterback right now. They're a mess. And but here's the thing. A truly bad team does not take advantage of another bad team situation. And if this team is truly in the ranks of like the Jacksonvilles and the Jets and the Houstons and the Kansas Cities of the world that are real garbage, that's a joke, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we would not be dominating a, a fellow bad team. So, you know, we have a lot of problems. This season's probably going nowhere. There are a thousand injuries. They're probably going to be making changes at the top, but. A win's a win in this league, and these guys are professionals, and we question whether, you know, how long were these guys going to play 100% or start making business decisions or just bail out in the season, and their manhood was kind of challenged by the Carolina coaching staff in the, in the, during this last week, and they, they stood up, so that tells me that they have not tuned out Joe Judge just yet, they have not tuned out this coaching staff, and they're still going to try, I mean, we're not packing our bags for LA for the Super Bowl, but at least they are going to give it an effort, and that's very important for where this franchise is going in the short term. Well, yeah, so I was going to ask you, you know, this was a statement game, I think, for the team, you know, just for themselves, right? Like, I mean, not just not just come out there and squeak out a win, which, you know, looking back on 2020 and how successful they were, I mean, most of those games were squeak out wins, and, you know, one of the points that I made at the end of the year was, you know, you hope that you build, you know, your your talent up so that these these games that you're winning by squeaks now become multi-score wins, you know, a 10-point win, a 9-point win, something like that, where now you're really seeing that when you go up against the tougher competition, those are the games you're squeaking out, whatever, right? So, you know, um... I mean, I, I, again, the big asterisk is that this team is in no position to be saying... We should we should do more than squeak out a win against. Everybody. I know. Well, I'm, I'm not even. So, I didn't even so get to my question yet. I, what, what I'm saying is, how important was this game for Joe Judge? Do you think? I mean, 
I don't know necessarily for his job security, but I mean, do you think he was in danger of starting to lose the locker room last week as we saw guys kind of just trotting around on the field at the end of the game? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you heard it in that ridiculous press conference that we mocked, you know, why is Daniel Jones playing in the fourth quarter of a blowout? Well, we want it, we want to be 60-minute players. And that wasn't just coach speak. I mean, it kind of was. It was ridiculous to the fans, but he was sending a pointed message to his team and to his players that we're not kidding around anymore. If you're not going to be a part of this and you're not going to be fully committed, you're going to be gone. So at least the messaging is getting through to his team and don't fold up the tents. I mean, we at Just Giants were always saying we want to have meaningful, meaningful football after Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm looking at the calendar. It's not even Halloween yet. Yeah. We're going to have, we really have games that are, you know, they're meaningless at this point as far as going to the playoffs or anything like that. So it's important to keep your team involved and keep them interested because, you know, your, your stay in this organization will be just as long as the players that are not uh, responding to you. So it's very important. And anytime you can get off the back page for being an embarrassment, you know, we have another team that plays in the same stadium that's just as embarrassing or if not more and you'd rather have you know the cat calls and the back page and all the you know the, the the jokes on espn on them not on you so anytime you can turn down the noise a little bit that's very helpful yeah i mean there i, I haven't really i haven't really read anything about the maras recently you know and it feels like every time we lose it's all i hear about for like 14 straight days um but i mean did talk- you do you think that this game was important for any anybody besides Joe Judge? I mean, do you think the coaches were – they're all kind of tied to Judge, right? Like if Judge is gone, all the coaches are pretty much gone anyway. But but what about, like, say, Daniel Jones? How important was this game for him? Um, I don't know how important it was for him, but, you know, I thought it was very important for me because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very important in this whole process in the giant ecosystem, but – Watching this game was the first time since Daniel Jones has been drafted, played, been the starter, that I didn't think of him in terms of he's a young quarterback trying to prove himself. Like, I didn't, you, up until this point, everything is like, okay, he can make that throw, check. Oh, is he not going to fumble here? Okay, he didn't, fine. Okay, he passed this benchmark, fine. He. He's been playing really, really well this year. Now he's at a point to me where I forgot he was kind of a an apprentice quarterback or one who's trying to prove himself. To me, he was just the starting quarterback of the Giants doing his thing. And, and I'm not making this comparison one-on-one that it was like Eli out there, but in the same way, it's like Eli's the starting quarterback. He's going out there after a punt. He's starting the offense and just going. I'm not thinking about, okay, is this drive – prove anything to me or not prove anything he's just doing his thing and I think Daniel Jones to me now is getting to that point where he's just a starting quarterback and that is a very comforting feeling and probably the biggest takeaway we're going to get out of this 2021 season I mean everything is going against Daniel Jones to make him successful he's got no weapons he has no running game he has an offensive line of three quarter uh, three fifths on the on the uh, injured reserve. We have a, 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 an offensive coordinator who is on the super hot seat. A coaching staff is probably on the hot seat. Everything is swirling around him. He should be horrible. And 
he is dotting his I's and crossing his T's, and he's making the throws, he's making decisions, he's showing you uh, a hint of what he can do with the RPO and, and, and all these different things, and to me, he's the starting quarterback, and he's a quarterback that if this team ends up going 3-13, and 13, if Chicago ends up going 3-13, and 13, and we have the second and third pick in the draft, I'm not thinking about quarterback right now. I'm thinking about all the other problems this team has, but that's a very comforting thing and really making lemonade out of lemons for this season. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good point. So there's kind of this uh, discussion now between, you know, people overstating maybe what Daniel Jones did in this game versus people understating it, right? Where, you know, statistically, Daniel Jones didn't go out there and, you know, change the world out there. But, you know, he goes out there and plays without his left tackle, left guard, center, wide receiver one, two, three, and running back. And, I mean, to start off, the right tackle isn't good at all, and the right guard isn't particularly great. He's about average or so. Um, So, you know, his tight end can't block his tight end one can't block, can't seem to really catch much either. I mean, he doesn't really have... When we say that, like, nothing's there, it's like, okay, th- this team was built for him, but, like, nobody's there now. Like, they're all just hurt at this time. So, yeah, statistically he didn't have a bad game, but he had to play just about perfectly, and he did play just about perfectly in this game. I think he would, he have, like, one sack in this game, no turnovers. Well, here's I mean, the thing. It's like, let's stop trying to compare him to his peers and just compare him to him i mean it, you know it, it, we tend to do the thing of well in this draft they could have drafted this guy instead or this guy behind him is playing better or you know this and that or you know he's not patrick mahomes and no there's only one patrick mahomes you know there's only you know there's the best of the best of the best and there's only can be so many best of the best of the best well yeah that's kind of what i'm saying right like i mean maybe maybe people aren't overstating or understating it maybe he's just an nfl starter now and it just kind of crept up on us over the years yeah is and it's kind of like for all you people out there that are that are married you you know the feeling i'm about to say it's like you don't wake up and say well in two years this woman i'm gonna decide i want to marry her it's just like you wake up one day and you you're in the shower and you're washing your, you know, your hair, and you're like, "I'm marrying this one," and that's kind of the feeling I had today with with Daniel Jones. It's like he didn't have to prove something to me to say, "Okay, he went a hundred completions out of interception or a fumble. He's my guy." It's just like, you know, this is our quarterback, and you know, you just scan the league and watch the garbage that's starting, and watch the teams that have been trying for the last 20 years to get a starting quarterback. And, you know, is this guy right now an all-pro? No. Will he ever be? Probably not, but, you know, who knows? But in this league, there is a definite difference between the have and have-nots at the quarterback position. And I think we have a have. And, you know, things should only get better with having personnel around him, having continuity like in his offensive line. Uh, you know, who knows what what this situation will be with his coaching staff going forward. But right now, it's just, just during that game, it just occurred to me that this is our guy. And that, that is the biggest, that again, will probably be the biggest thing that comes out of this season. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because 
um, as, as we get into this episode here and do our, our stars and farts here, um, you know, we didn't discuss any of this, you know, about our feelings for Daniel Jones coming away from this game, but I felt weird not giving him a star, but I, I, I didn't because he played exactly as he needed to play. And, you know, maybe my expectations for him is, you know, that's what a starter should do and that's what he does. And I, I'm I'm perfectly proud of him and he I gave him an honorable mention. But, you know, it, you know that's what a starter does. I, I don't know. I, I, I think I agree. I think he's just – he's an NFL starter and that's what we should be happy about. It's a, it's a, it's a keeper. I gave him a star because the potential for everything to go wrong is there. Well, of course. Okay, that's fair. And, go ahead. Get into it. You know, it, because I don't care about the numbers. I, mean, I don't even know what his numbers were. You know, to me, this was to me about you're in the face of adversity. You're going to face adversity all the time. You're going to be playing, you know, in Philly where fans are a nightmare. Mm. You're going to be playing against, uh, you know, in Kansas City where this could be the best team in the league. Maybe right now they're struggling, but still – that's going to be a monumental task next week. You're going to be facing times in your career when your number one receiver is out or, you know, you're not feeling you have a bad leg or something. It's how do you respond to it? And this, again, wasn't one thing. This was like 12 things. Yeah. That this way. And again, I don't care what the numbers are. It's just how he how he's been conducting himself and. You know, it's really remarkable how we've gone from Eli to him, and it's really the same, you know, demeanor, mindset. <laughs> yeah. All that. It, it's really something, and it's what you need in this, you know, on this team, in this league, in this town, all of it. And it's, uh, he gets a star for me, right? Just being himself and growing into being him, it, it's sur- surrounded by all the, the bad stuff that's been going along. Yeah, what's interesting is that. I gave Jason Garrett a star for this game because, you know, I I mean, the mood walking into the stadium was very, like, (laughs) waiting for the bell to toll, you know? So, um, and and a lot of that for me was, you know, this this is a bad setup, you know, anyway. I mean, with all the injuries, what are we going to do? These are really great pass rushers on the other side. I mean, it's a pretty good defense on the other side. Um, And, uh... You know, most of my sense of dread was that this coaching staff has just seemed so resilient to just do things creatively or find creative solutions. And, uh, man, Jason Garrett had an excellent game plan coming into this game. I mean, there was so much workaround to what they anticipated being bad O-line play or just struggling with the edge rushers in general. They moved the pocket constantly for Daniel Jones. They constantly had Daniel Jones on the move. Quick reads. I mean, they saw off-man coverage, slant routes. Just quick. It, it, it takes one second. He's going to be open. Catch it and run. And, you know, not only not only was it effective in keeping Jones up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Those throws. That's another very big piece of it. It's like they're getting the confidence that he could start doing this where maybe he didn't, they didn't have that in him. But now there's, he's showing he can make those throws consistently accurate, on target, with a gun. And they're going to start using that. It, it's a huge thing to uh, to counteract this offensive line, which, relatively speaking, played okay. Yeah, I, I mean, at, at one point they had a um, – they a, the, their only real touchdown drive of the game was filled with nice creative plays. I mean, obviously there's the, there was the trick play to Daniel Jones, but I mean, that alone is something I never could have imagined Jason Garrett being like, yeah, let's run this. Like, Well, for that, I'm actually giving Jason uh, Garrett, and I'm giving um, boo. Joe Judge 
I'm giving them I'm, farts. I'm, I, I protest your farts for this. I absolutely. Nah, you, you suck. You, you have no fun They're, in you. No, I don't care about fun. I care about this franchise. And I just went on a, a nice little, you know, speech about how Daniel Jones is now our starter and I feel comfortable with and everything. The last thing in the world I need to do is put the future of the franchise at risk over something silly and stupid in a relatively meaningless game. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with this. And it, you know, so many things can go wrong on that, and for, for what? I mean, the, the, the best outcome for that is that we win a meaningless game in the grand scheme of things. I understand it's important for stopping the negativity and all that stuff, but if he gets hurt on a play like that, and he's out for, let's say he's out for two months, and you're restricting his development for two months because of something silly, I just think it's foolish. I, no. I, I, you play you play football games to win games, and you don't run that play for pizzazz. You run that play because you have a stagnant offense that needs something, and that's that's a that's a play for that. I would I would I would put Daniel Jones. No, wrong. Factually incorrect. No, 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 no. Stop. I would a thousand percent rather have Daniel Jones catching passes out on the edge where he's got maybe one defender following him. Because you know that that play, Dante Pettis is not throwing the ball to Daniel Jones if he's in if he's being covered. I mean, that play, for starters, that's not happening. I'd rather have that ten days out of the week than the QB power plays that we run where he's going up there and going head-on with defensive tackles, which I haven't heard anyone complain about. We've been running them all year. So I hear the football gods behind yeah. me with the thunder and lightning. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I understand your sentiment of not wanting to risk Daniel Jones to injury, and I, I understand your point about this game in particular, but, A, I, I disagree with the fact that it's meaningless. It's not meaningless. Everything to this team right now. Relatively, speak, relatively speaking, this game is meaningless. It's not. I mean, they're not even out of the hunt yet. Okay, they're not. Statistically, they're not. But, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, if he gets hurt on a play like that and he's out for the year, well, I, I, how many how many plays do we run Jones at all then? Well, let me, let me put it this way: if would, if you're a, if he catches the ball right mm-hmm. and, and like he's going for 10, 15 yards, you don't think a linebacker is going to try to line him up and just knock the hell out of him? I don't think a linebacker is going to be anywhere near him on that play. So you think he's just if you think if he catches, he just runs for a touchdown untouched? No, I think the only one out there is going to be a corner or a safety. Okay. Okay, a corner or a safety isn't going to line him up and just knock out the quarterback? No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it kind of happened, and it didn't really do anything. He just kind of stood up and tossed the ball. Yeah, you got lucky. He was very uh, fortunate, but I don't want my quarterback <laughs> taking unnecessary so, so every time that he runs the ball and he gets tackled and he doesn't get hurt, he's just getting lucky? That's different, though, because you're – first of all, you can – Those him. are the times he's actually getting hit by linebackers. Well, he's foolish, but he, his big problem is that he tries to take on these guys. He got the concussion on the fact that you know, he, he lowered his head down and tried to you know, get the extra yard. That's foolish. But that, that's also a play where he's out on naked boot like there's nobody blocking for him. That's, that's, a, that's way more likely to cause an injury to him than a trick play. I mean, the trick play, yeah, the caveat all, is that he's going to be basically all alone. Got, and the coaching staff got killed for that. Yeah, but, that because that's actually like negligible. <laughs> or um, they would be... Yeah, that's, negligent. That's, that's negligible. A, the other one's unnecessary. That, that's my whole point of it. It's just like I, I, I to eh. me, it's. I, I don't think I think there's a far less chance of injury on that play than you're indicating. That's that's all. 
I mean, nine times out of ten, that he's going to be literally all alone out there. That's what that play is designed for. Okay, but on the tenth time and he isn't, what happens? I, I, do you run that play ten times? Well, you better not. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... I mean, there's time and place for everything. If this He may not play, run that ten times in his career. Right, but, but like I said, there's a time and place for everything. If that play, if it's a Philly special in the Super Bowl where you're, you know, you have a Super Bowl in your grasp, I, I'm okay with something like that. But for... for in this game, in this spot, with you know, if he's out, this what does this team do? But he's, you can't, you but can't. But he didn't. Did the result doesn't indicate you know, the, no, the, but the, I mean the risk and the stupidity of it. I don't Just think that that fine doesn't mean it's okay. Why do you think that that particular play puts him at a higher risk of injury? That's what I don't understand. Because he's more likely to get tackled. He also no, he's. The way he kind of caught it, like up like this, who's to say he doesn't pull a rib muscle or pull an oblique or something? That's not a normal. If he can't uh, reach up without pulling something, we've got bigger problems, I think. Uh, well, you know that happens. I mean, this is also a guy that you know gets injured a lot. Maybe not all his fault, but so, know, so he can't catch a ball without hurting himself. Well, I mean, you've seen pitchers who who have to who run the bases who are not base runners. You know, blow out their uh, their hamstrings or their Achilles or something. Cause that's not what they do. But he is what that do. <laughs> he catches balls. He runs. He's gonna he pull an oblique, balls. reaching up. Sure could. I mean, that's not a normal activity of his. Mm. I just think it's just, cranky just, fan. He gets hit for a living behind this offensive line. He is in more danger in the yeah, pocket behind Nate Solder. <laughs> I, I I don't even think that's subjective. I think that's an objective fact. I just said. But those are, di- I mean, those are different types of hits that you take. I I I see what you're saying, but I also disagree. Yeah. I I mean, uh, if I if, if, if okay, I'll say this: it, the gain from it's worth it. That's my point. Here's here's what, what I'll say: doing? you don't run that play. If they were up 38 to 11, like LA was last week. And they still have Daniel Jones in, and they run some bullshit like that. Or if, if it's a preseason game, you run bullshit like that. I agree with you that there's a time and place for shit like that. I'll say I that. Think, I don't think you run it when you're one in five and your season's basically over. I, I still don't. Yeah. I know you're trying to win the game. That has nothing to do with the fact you're not trying to win a game when you're one in five. But in this situation, I just think it's foolish. I don't know. I don't know. That let me, I, let me, I don't I, I don't I just don't think that that play leads to injury the way you think it does. Um, but we might as well move on. But but Jason Garrett to me I, I don't want to. Wow, we really. But you know he really designed a nice game plan for this game. You know what I mean? Th- this was something I was seriously worried about when and especially when we heard the news. We didn't know Sterling Shepard wasn't going to play until that morning. I mean that was just one more guy that wasn't going to be there. But you know. Uh, you know, lots of rollouts, zone reads, RPOs, quick compact, uh, quiz, quick concepts, um, and it was one of the first times I could actually say that that Garrett put Jones in a position to have success. You know, over the things that Garrett has control over. Um, you know something? Maybe that's just a sign of a coaching staff that's kind of adjusting and learning on what their quarterback can and can't do. I hope so. I mean, you know, something. If we go back to seeing the stagnant that we see, you know, against. Kansas City, then it's like, well, okay, what happened? But if if we see some of the things that worked and being incorporated more into this offense, and you know, you and again, part of that is because of the rest of the the other ten guys on the field with him at the same time. You know, necessity is the mother of invention, and maybe that's just what he had to do. And if these things work, and he's you know, maybe you know, maybe we're seeing something different from Jason Garrett, and maybe you know, 
you know, I don't know if it's enough to save his job in the long run or not, but, uh, you know. Or maybe it may be enough for him to land a new job. Well, that could be, you know. I mean, who knows? He might get thrown out with the bathwater if there's a complete overhaul. It, se- it seems that all possibilities are on the table right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see him get a head coaching job because of – what he did to help Daniel Jones because, I mean, the turnover issues are going to be linked to being resolved under Judge and Garrett, right? So, I mean, there's going to be that factor to it, and if he continues to have... If Daniel Jones gets his weapons back, I'm not going to be surprised if he has several 400-yard passing games coming down the line, especially if Andrew Thomas... uh, Sorry. Three... What? what, No, I I stand by that statement. A couple... I'm shaking my head in complete agreement. Yeah, especially if Andrew Thomas comes back as soon as we think he is going to, because I don't think either injury he has is super serious. It's just that it's both feet. Three weeks. But if he comes back as soon as we think, and you know, Kadarius Tony's better, Kadarius Galladay's better, Saquon Barkley's better. I mean, think of all these guys coming back. Matt Skura is kind of rounding out that left guard spot a little bit. Billy Price is getting a little bit, uh, you know, better at the center position, I guess. But. I'm such a pessimist right now um, that I feel like we're never going to see all of those guys back to. I know it feels like that. It's going to be like, well, maybe Galladay's back, but Barkley's out longer, and then you know, all of a sudden Shepard's back, but then he gets hurt again. So this is kind of the rotating cast of characters we have. We may all never see them at the same time, and it may not be in time for to save jobs at the coaching staff or you know the um, the general manager who picked them, but. You're going to see, you know, this is kind of the bottom of the barrel right now of what the talent level of this team should be. It can't get yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't think he'll ever have less weapons to deal with, ever. Mm-hmm. Or, or it's less tools. I mean, you count the offensive line he was behind. Exactly, because during the rest of the season, these guys will start getting more and more healthy. You know, there'll be an off season where they'll address concerns via, you know, the draft free agency trade, you know, undrafted free agency pickup, whatever. So... Yeah, the question is going to become who does ownership want to make those decisions? That's why I'm not even sure you're going to see much movement at the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting that much either. Yeah, well, I, I think the bigger reason, you know, one, this team is 2-5 and five and playoff hopefuls are pretty unlikely. But B, if they're not sure if Dave Gettleman's coming back or not, whether they fire him, he retires, they mutually agree to move part forward, why would they have Gettleman, you know, basically the beginning of the offseason starts with the trade deadline. Hmm. And if they're not sure what their plan's going to be and who's going to do it and what vision they have, I think they're just going to have status quo until the offseason and then, you know, see who's in charge and what they want to do. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> other, th- <laughs> <laughs> other, other people that impress me, uh, I'm going to give another star out. Uh, it was really too hard to single out um, a particular person on the defense, but I did the best I could, and I came away with a Dory Jackson. Um, uh, in addition to the entire front seven, so those are my last two stars. Uh, I really couldn't. I mean, we'll start with a Dory Jackson, and the, and the reason why is because I feel like because of his contract and because because of his contract, because the defense hasn't played well yet at all really until this week um and because he's had some dropped interceptions you know he was hurt a little bit in the spring adoree jackson seems to have been this very 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 controversial figure 
and was opened up to scrutiny immediately. So, like, if he didn't start making plays right away, people were going to say that it was a bust investment, whatever. And, uh, you know, I've been pretty critical of him. You know, dropped interceptions in the end zone that could have sealed games, things like that. He's gotten a lot of fat flack, and it's not entirely undeserved or deserved because it's not his fault he commands a lot of money in the market. But uh, I thought on Sunday it's he played... benefit really does. Yeah, yeah but I mean, also, I think, I think that... Um, He's also played better than people give him credit for. I don't think he's been bad at all. I think objectively he's been pretty good. He just hasn't come up big in big moments is what you pay those guys for. Um, But I thought on Sunday he played excellent. And mostly where you notice it is in the run game. I mean, they were trying so hard to get runs out on the edges on us. And all of the edge defenders were contributing. But I saw Dory Jackson more than once come flying up to seal the edge and either make the play to take on the lead block or make the tackle himself. He played outstanding. Which has been the Achilles heel of this team lately is just running outside on the edge and just destroying us. Well, not only that, absolutely, but also the tackling. Those two things have been like farts for us like three times, I think, this year. It was bad tackling and, and contain on the edges. So, uh, I, 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 I thought Adoree Jackson deserved one, so I, I threw one to him. You know, I, I, I appreciate the work you do on this show, Grump, and what we try to do here is not say the obvious things. Like, Aziz Ozolari was awesome. And yeah. It'd be, oh, yeah. It'd be, very, it'd be very obvious to give him a star. Um, so it's not that we're snubbing him or anything, but we try to, on the show, think a little differently than what this, you know, the herd says and, like, come up with our own little things. And to me... I give a star to Leonard Williams. There you go. Yeah, I, because, I agree. Yeah. Because, you know something? He's the guy who makes a lot of money. He's the guy that kind of, you know, the way, depending on how you looked at it for the last year and a half, kind of helped this franchise you know, hostage a little bit about what they're going to do. Are they going to re-sign him? They gave up a lot in the trade. You know, all these things. And quietly, he's doing the job exactly as what they want him to do, to be the anchor of this defensive line to make the plays. I mean, what do you have? He had a sack and a half, I think, yesterday. Yeah, he just, but he he was no. playing like an animal last week too. He really he came to play last week. All over the place. Yeah. And you know, it's one thing to sign free agents. It's one thing to get big draft picks. But when you have a guy a situation like this where not only is he getting paid a lot, the expectation based on the drama that we had to deal with for the last year and a half with him, it puts more pressure on him to do his job and do his job well. And he is doing just that. So I give him a star as a, you know, it doesn't, you know, he may not have the 15-sack season. He may not have the, the, the gaudy numbers. But this is a star to say, hey, babe, we acknowledge, we see the work you're doing, and you are doing good stuff. We don't need the gaudy stuff. You're just doing your job, and that's very needed on this defensive line. That's, you know, and this defense that, quite frankly, needed a little confidence boost. And I think a game like yesterday really helped that i completely agree with you but also i think he's having a statistically better year at this at the at this rate it doesn't feel like it though i guess maybe it, it, it doesn't because, because the defense is sucked yeah yeah and i think no one's just stopping to think about it and be like hey did you realize he has x amount of sacks or yeah I, I think he has one sack more than he did at this point last year i think he yeah. only had like three and a half last year at this point um but i mean i, I so like Absolutely. I had trouble really pinpointing. I didn't want to give it to Leonard Williams because also, you know, Aziz Ojolari had a really great game. And, you know, I, I thought Austin Johnson had a great game. So when I looked at the entire front seven, because I was looking at there were big splash plays. I mean, they couldn't run the ball for anything against us. Um, and Well, when, 
when, when you're, you know, the face of the franchise running back is out and you have a bad quarterback, then you're really getting rid of the run. Now you just kind of creep everybody up and you, you know, you try to run against us. It's a different situation where we don't have Barkley, but Daniel Jones is still being effective with throwing the balls. You can't completely shut down the run because you have to respect the pass a little bit. We had no respect. You know, Sam Darnold got benched. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. I mean, our defense. Well, I mean, that's listen to this. This defense put up six sacks, seven tackles for a loss. They held Carolina to three points on a field goal that banked in, by the way. Yeah. Exactly. Under two hundred yards of offense, under sixty rushing yards. I mean, they they nothing they did worked. Yeah, I mean that that was that was embarrassing. And I, you know, during the game, it didn't really feel like. We had taken control until like maybe the late, like starting to get like beyond the middle of the third quarter. It was like, I think we really got a handle on this one now. They can't do anything, and we're starting to pull away with field goals. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and the the front part of the line played so well between Austin Johnson, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Aziz Ojolari, even Carter was playing pretty well there. Um, Quincy Roche got in there, was playing well already. Um, they were allowing the linebackers to come up and play. So Tay Crowder had a couple of splash plays. Reggie Ragland had some splash plays. Even Bernardrick McKinney, who was signed, elevated, signed to the practice squad and elevated this week, came up and made a tackle in the backfield. So the question becomes, is this a one-time anomaly against a really banged up and bad offense who's been struggling? Or is this turning the corner and starting to, you know, that's where next week's going to come in. And next week is a Oh, that's a test. It's a, it's a real wild card because, you know, Kansas City isn't Kansas City right now. They, they're they scuffling just as much as, you know, the other teams are struggling in this league. And, of course, they may snap out of it and score 45 points against it at halftime. Or if that continues, you know, what's going on? So at least we're heading into that with some confidence that, you know, maybe we can stop these guys. We went in with a third bad performance in a row. Oh, man. Ugh. But, like, I, like I said, what was the, our mood going in, like, in the parking lot? The mood was very, like, ugh, here we go, you know? I mean... I was trying not to think about it, to be very blunt. Uh, you know, we were able to go hang out with Justin from, uh, you know, Talking Giants in their tailgate. And good to see those guys again. Hmm. It's it's always a party over there, and it's <laughs> which is great. But I was really trying to not think about it. Yeah. I, you know, unfortunately... Oh, and, and their tailgate is very good for that. Oh, it, it absolutely <laughs> is, to, Good mix of music, good mix of beverages are drunken out of plastic bags. bags. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's good, good job. Thank you, Justin, for inviting us as always. And uh, check out their podcast for sure. Um, but, no, I, I really – I'm at this point of the season right now, and really this really hasn't changed much for you either. It's just like, all right, you know, I'm not going to waste four or five more home games and experiences just because I think the season's over. I'm going to just – you know, I'm going to smell the smell of sausages being barbecued. I'm going to smell the smell of beer. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, listen to giant fans chanting. And, and, and I'm going to enjoy all that stuff. And it doesn't right. get to me. So I was kind of like internally self-medicated for not thinking about the game itself. You're, you're just being very zen about your surroundings. I'm and trying just... to be in my elder years as I approach the 5-0 next year. <laughs> Approach a new zenness of like, well, <laughs> might as well, uh, might as well just enjoy my surroundings. So that I, I, I knew in the back of my mind that 
like you had said, and I kind of was taking your mantra from from last uh, Thursday's show that the more you watched the film, the more you thought there was a shot based on how banged up they were. And I was like, well, yeah, we're 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 not facing the Rams again, or we're not facing the Bucks. You know, thank God or anything. It's a, a team that could be beat. So let's just see what happens. And uh, we, we walked out of there uh, feeling good. We actually uh, left a little early, which is shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So aside from the the farts you handed out for the trick play, did you have any other, anything else pop a blood vessel for you? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I, I think this team overachieved based on the roster they had to play with. I, I really do. Uh, okay. Nothing really stood out for me. Anything stand out for you is really. You know, yeah, sure I mean, I watched the film more, and you know. I um so yeah I I have a couple farts to dole out one I'm not gonna really harp on this one but Nate Solder I, I mean continues to play he's you know you look at this line and we're we're complaining about what Daniel Jones has to play behind right you know you've got Matt Pear is playing left tackle position he hasn't played since college at UConn you've got you know um, Matt Skura who was at once was taken off of somebody else's practice squad he's playing left guard. You've got Billy Price, who they traded for, playing center, you know, like a week before the season started. Will Hernandez is playing right guard, and Nate Solder's playing right tackle. So of those, Hernandez and Solder are the penciled-in starters at the beginning of the year. It's what they've been practicing, taking the one reps this whole time. And week after week, and even including this week, Nate Solder might have been the worst offensive lineman that we had out there. I mean, I just... I don't want to harp on it because I feel like it's lazy, but it. I, I just I watched the film and I'm like, he's just he's on his back again. He's on yeah, the ground. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like he has a fart permanently tattooed on his tush right now. <laughs> but, but but let's let's just let's all be honest. If we weren't for this injury situation, he'd not be in the league anymore. Oh, absolutely. And, and let's also be let's be also honest. Based on the way his contract was structured, if it wasn't structured in such a way. That it was basically didn't cost anything to keep on the roster. He wouldn't be I, on this team right now. No, I understand. I mean, like him so being just, there is like it is what it is. I get it, but I mean, I, I can't. Of, it's a reminder to me of the state of the franchise right now. Some mm-hmm. of it self-induced, a lot of it right now, you know, because of the football gods and the injuries. So, yeah, he obviously is not an NFL caliber offensive lineman at this point, but. You know, he's a placeholder at this point. And I don't, you know, he knows it. Giants management knows it. The coaching staff knows it. The rest of the offensive line knows it. I don't know if some of the meatheads in the stands know that or realize it, but he's here until he's not. <laughs> until he's not. So, yeah. you know, something, let's not make his life any more miserable by giving him a fart. I, I just. Oh, I, I mean, I, I can't it not. I just, you know, if he, play, if he played a bad game, I'd be like whatever but i mean he just continues to be the worst one up there every week and this was his one week where he would have had a an edge to whatever um if if this staff could make a change they would but you know, i agree you can't just wave the wand and have an, an offensive lineman show up so it just it is what it is the other thing i have i have a couple other things here um penalties bad penalties in this game just a lot of dumb ones um and i you know i don't know i guess we put that on Judge or, or a lot of them were on offense, so I'd say I, you know mostly whatever. I put the that offense. on who's playing. I mean, you got a lot of backups playing. You got a lot. You don't have that much continuality of what you wanted to have. So yeah. that's I give that a bit of a pass as well. It's you know it's it's not things like false starts and it's just well know, okay. Yeah, what I'm saying though is um, 
I agree with you, and you've got a lot of backups playing, and, and that's fine. Whatever. I'm just saying, in in these games, like when you when you go in there and you're like, we're hurt, we have to play a perfect game. Like those are the things that are they're mental, man. Like illegal motion, illegal shifts, you know, false starts, um, you know, ineligible tackles downfield, just yeah. silly penalties. You know, those are the things that you know you'd hope you'd cut down on. I'm not saying for the betterment of the team. That's that's obvious, right? But I'm saying in this game, when you go in there and you're like, "Well, we're trotting out there with the replacements," so you actually bring up a point. Let me ask you this question: Do you feel like this team, on a weekend, week out basis, not any individual game or individual thing, do it like we're a well coached team, like well disciplined and stuff like that? And just, just yeah, just like. Do we look prepared? Do we look disciplined? Do we look like we, for the most part, know what we're doing? As a, no. You know what teams, teams look like a really well-prepared team, you know, as opposed to some that just like, what a mess. Okay, so we, I, I would say like, this team, the 2021 team, I would say no. But I wouldn't say that that is necessarily like stapled to Joe Judge's forehead because I would have said last year – they were very well disciplined and very well coached. I mean, they they, they may have been outclassed talent wise. I think we all would have agreed about that. And, you know, maybe there were some coaching staff things, you know, like game plans from week to week that weren't very good. But it, it felt like the players were they were playing beyond what their expectations were, even if they were losing. Yeah, and that's part of it. I mean just like you it's one of those kind of things you can't describe, but you just know it. Well, uh, so to, to answer your question, is last year yes, this year no. Okay, does that cause you concern? Because you would think logically it would be the reverse because last year was such a screwed up year right. with no off season and you know all the COVID restrictions even to practice. Does that cause you concern like going forward with this coaching staff? That doesn't mean you fire the coach this year because you don't think they're prepared. It's just like, does it look like this – we can get our act together going forward maybe the rest of the season into next year or is we just not really sold on this guy and i'm not making any judgments or proclamations or i'm in or out i'm just you know we're now this isn't early september anymore we're in late october well i would say based on the sample size so far i'm not worried about oh i'm of all my worries about this coaching staff in front office it's it's so low that i hadn't thought about it um it's it's something I can shrug off for now, and and I'll attribute it for now, uh, given my sample size. I'll attribute it to the fact that they are moving as best they can with the offensive line that they 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 kind of were dealt this year. And not you know? even just the offensive line, just the skill position guys either. We have none. I mean, of our they, they, yeah, nobody's the start. The guys who are supposed to be on the same page haven't even practiced together. It feels like so. I, I, I'll chalk it up to that because it hasn't been horrendous either, right? I mean, I don't go out there being like, what are we doing at all? It just so seems this, to be like silly decisions here and there that have been very costly. This is not a Ben McAdoo team. This right. is not a Ray, this is not a Ray Hanley team. This is not, you know, uh, what was that clown was with the Jets who was just god-awful. Um, Jeff fans, you know what I'm talking about. Just like this team does not like they're coached. I mean, when you're evaluating a coach, there's several different things that I, you know, obviously win-loss record. Does the guy win? Does the team look prepared? Does the team still play for him? You know, all these different things kind of factor in. And, you know, we are now in the early 20s of number of games, so it's no longer, 
you know, completely to be determined. We're starting to form opinions on this coach, this coaching staff, and I'm still not there yet. You know, um, and a lot of it is a asterisk and to be determined because of the state of the roster due to injury. Um, but you know, there's some things you can control and some things you can't control, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I need to see more more tape. I guess before I have any opinion. That doesn't mean that's not what the ownership is thinking. You know, if they decide to blow out Gettleman, and you know, Judge might be showing some things. There might be just an organizational decision. We are starting over because, yeah, nice to win yesterday. It takes some of the temporary sting out of us, but this franchise is still a friggin' mess. And I don't know what the mayors and the tissues are thinking of are we starting over again from the very top? So it's got to keep this, this still has to keep playing out. Is my yeah. Point. I don't think we've seen enough to, it's like reading half the story and then trying to write a book report on it. I, I don't know. What's the ending. I, I have no idea yet. Um, or, it's not or, like I can tell right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could legitimately see a scenario where we end the season with three wins. But I also don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, you know, like, I, I look at this roster, I'm just like, they're not that bad, though. Like, Well, I, I, well, I look at this current roster and I say they're that bad. I mean, uh, with the injuries. I mean, I'm looking, I have right in front of me, I'm looking at the at the depth chart. And I'm looking at, you know, all the guys with O's and IR's next to their name. And I see yeah, Okay, yeah, roster. yeah, fair. I mean, you know, again, I mentioned about 10 minutes ago, I do not expect to see any point in 2021 where you know every skill guy is back the whole offensive line is back and this is our team there's going to be varying degrees of that and if 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 we stay at this kind of present level of injury depletion this team could be a a three-win team that doesn't mean that's what this roster is yeah does that give everybody a pass no no you know but let's be realistic what we are um and I, I don't want to do this every single week, but I, I just thought of this as we're talking. If they decide to blow everything up and start all over again, are you okay with that? Or are you just like, you can go either way at this point? Or would you um, be very upset that, you know, you think there's enough in the coaching staff at least to give them more of a chance? Or <sighs> you're just like, fine, start over, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I, 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 um, I do have my issues with Joe Judge, but I think the things I like about him currently outweigh, outweigh them. My biggest issues with this coaching staff have been Jason Garrett, you know, and things like that. And that's something that I don't think is going to last forever, whether he pisses me off or if he does really well. I mean, I think he's, his time here, he's got, he's got a date on his calendar somewhere marked where he doesn't want to be in New York anymore unless he's the head coach. You know what I mean? So... I don't think Jason Garrett's here for a long time anyway. And I think a lot of the things I like about Joe Judge uh, are often more important than the things that I don't like, I think. Um, but if they're going to blow the whole thing up, I just I would rather the time bomb blow up everything and let it let, just, just start it. Because you can see now with kind of what Carolina did, right? I mean, that looked... Okay, on Sunday, it didn't look like two evenly matched teams. Fair. But should it have? I mean... I get that Judge and Gettleman have only been on the same page building a roster for two years, um, the same amount of time as Matt Rule has been in Carolina, 
But Gettleman has been here enough to instill the philosophy that kind of already lined up with what Judge liked to do, or at least claims he does, or whatever. So they should have had that advantage. You know, this shouldn't have been a game that we dreaded walking in, injuries or otherwise. I mean, like, a a two-year rebuild team, a four-year rebuild team should be ahead, and they're not. I I disagree just because of the injuries. Again, we'll go over that list again. No, what I'm saying, though, is that, like... Injuries uh, can all your best laid plans. And yes. Okay. Again, okay. All right. Back, receiver, 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 lineman, lineman, all out. That is that you can build a pro ball roster, but if you have all of those guys out, you are going to be in trouble. My point is that Carolina also had a lot of injuries, very important ones. Starting left tackle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, their their big linebacker has been out. They, they went out and got this corner. He's not there. They drafted a corner in the first round. He's not there. I mean, they're they're missing some major, major important pieces too, which is why still the, the point remains is, well, yes, those injuries can decimate even a really good roster. The Chiefs would also, have trouble with that. But they would – like, I'm just saying like if, if Tampa Bay were suffering all those injuries but they were playing Carolina off of their three-game skid, it should still be Panthers fans going in there thinking that they're losing, not Buck fans, right? That's the point I'm making. So I think, to me, the injuries sort of cancel out, like, at least a little bit. Um, but I, I, think I, I guess my point is, if they're going to fire one, fire all, and if the plan is for Gettleman to retire with a succession plan of whatever kind, then that's something else. Joe Judge will then, I guess, have earned his place here. Whatever. I would be, you know, if they keep Joe Judge, you know, after, you know, a, a, the Gettleman transition... I'm fine with it for right now. If they want to blow the whole thing up and start over again, I'm fine with that too. Right. I'm yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, the only other fart I really had, it's its really minor and it's kind of uh, vague, I guess, but it just doesn't feel like – does this offense ever feel like it comes out of the locker room ready to play, whether it's to start the game or after halftime? It just feels like their first drive always ends in a field goal at best – and coming out of the locker room, it always feels like we're getting our ass kicked, like, right away. Like, Daniel Jones takes two sacks on the first drive out of the halftime every time. Now you're talking Dan Mullenitis. Now that's something I deal with with Florida every week, too, is just starting a half, starting, you know, the second half. It's just this flatness. And mm. it, it takes a while to kind of get your sea legs in the game. And I don't know why that happens for some coaches and not for other coaches. I think, again, that goes back to my overall, that Giants philosophy of playing things close to the vest, playing conservative, not trying to blow the doors off, you know, the, the, you know, the doors off at the very beginning of a game. You never see us going for the kill shot early on. It's just, you know, let's feel the game out a little bit. You know, if it's you know fourth and three, we're gonna punt. We're not gonna go for it. Stuff. Like I felt that. like Pat Shermer did. I felt like Pat Shermer. That was like the one. Our offense would do nothing, 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 and then there'd be a bomb or something in there that would get us in field goal range or something. Right. I, I think that's kind of a little the old school mentality of this team. Of yeah. You know, like a fifteen round fight. Like maybe round one and two, we'll dance around a little bit. We'll kind of hit each other lightly, but we're just trying to feel each other out. And I think that's part of that is coaching of why we do that and you know it it goes back to what does the 21st century team do it tries to score score a lot as many possessions as possible maximizing those possessions not giving them away whether that means punting when you're on the 
42-yard line, whether that means not putting pedal to the metal on your first possession. And I, I just think that's a mentality. And I don't know if that's the coach brought that in or that's been instilled on. That's what we want to do with the coach or, you know, what. But that's how this team is, and it has been for a very long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I would rather be Muhammad Ali than uh, methodical, but just go right in there and down I, goes Frazier. I Mike Tyson and just knock people out like, yeah. in the first 30 seconds. I don't want a round two. <laughs> it's just butter I bean. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to see the second quarter. It's still a game. Yeah, I like to, I'm with you. I mean, you look at teams, and I, I this is more of a college analogy than the NFL, but look around at the scoreboard at like, you know, 115 on a Saturday afternoon. Georgia's up 28 nothing. Ohio State's up 35 nothing. Oklahoma's up 31 nothing. They're not pussyfooting around with okay, it's 7-3 into the first quarter. We had a 13 play drive and we settled for a field goal. They are bang, bomb, bang. Yeah. Do this. It, they put bad teams out of reach immediately. Yeah. That's it. And I, I don't expect that kind of level from college to the NFL to ever no. really be like that. But but the, the philosophy absolutely should be like that. And that's what Tampa Bay does. I mean, they that that game was over before it even started. Last I, I put that on, and I think I walked away and I came back, and I was like, well, this is over, and I just changed the channel. Exactly. And that's, you know, when you have a team that you're, you are clearly better than, the only way that team can compete with you is the game is shortened. And if hmm. if after a quarter the score is seven seven, we're not playing a sixty minute game anymore. You're playing a forty five minute game. So to me, you shorten the game the other way by just making the score that much more out of reach. So they are going to concede faster. Now you're right. The NFL is different. The talent from you yeah. know the best to the worst, yeah, is a lot different than what it is in college. But the philosophy should be the same. <clears throat> When you put pressure on a team, you force them to do things they don't want to do, whether they're garbage or whether they're a great team. And the more you put, take a team out of their comfort level, more out of what they prepared for during the week, you have a better chance to win. So I'd like to see that more. And again, that may not be possible now with, you know, Barkley, Galladay, Shepard. Right, Tony, of course. But it just seemed to be a trend with this team anyway. Yeah, get you. Um... That's pretty much all we got. So I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to do an episode Sunday night for the preview for Monday, so we have all the most relevant information for it, or should uh, we just do our standard Thursday night into Friday morning? I think we should do it Sunday night. I think okay. you know, let's. I think we will have more information before the game. We can kind of go through what happened in the league on Sunday. Uh, you know, we're going to be hearing all week about what's wrong with the Chiefs. What's wrong with the quarterback? What's wrong with Andy Reid? What's wrong with this stuff? And you may be able to glean something out of that and give you some more time to do some tape. Um, so let's let's plan on Sunday night. You know, I'll be back from I'll be back from the, the cocktail party Sunday afternoon. I'll probably be in a pissy mood after getting destroyed from Georgia, but that's okay. We can focus. on Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll also have relevant um, NFC East information by then as well. So that's true because you know. I've, I've spent the last, you know, 45 minutes talking about how the season's over and it's done, but we're we're tied for second in the division right now. Are we? Washington has two wins, huh? It's two wins, yeah. Oh. Well, and that puts us... 
Well, it puts us in last still, right? Because we haven't we have no division wins. Tech, yeah, I mean tiebreaker wise, but I mean, you know, if Dallas, you know, this is the NFL, and mm-hmm. as soon as you kind of assume and extrapolate something that's happening the rest of the year, it's going to change. I mean, who after week one had Kansas City all of a sudden two and three, or whatever they are, two and four? Nah, they're three and four right now. Three and four, having one game better than us. That's my point. And, you know, anything could happen. Dak could get hurt. Or, you know, something could happen. The offensive line for the Cowboys. And, you know, they're still the Cowboys. <laughs> so It's true. Still know, Mike they, McCarthy down there. Yeah, they they, um, they snatched uh, de- defeat from the jaws of victory quite a bit, this team. So, logic tells you the season's probably over. But it's not officially over yet. It's so. Not. Let's see what happens. Okay. All right. So then we'll see you guys Monday morning. So you guys have an excellent weekend. Maybe we'll do like a little mini episode of, uh, you know, something something uh, for Friday morning. You know, maybe just our NFC East predictions or any storylines that may come you up. May, so You might see one or two or both of us pop up on on your feed for a little something. Uh, we won't rule it out. Yeah. I know you yeah. guys. But in the meantime... Just follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at football underscore grump for me, at the cranky fan for him, at just giants pod for the podcast stuff. And of course, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, it's there. And of course, it's on YouTube YouTube. as well. You're seeing these beautiful faces. Subscribe to us on (laughs) YouTube and all those things. You get guaranteed to see our beautiful faces. There you go. Guaranteed. All right, everyone. We will see you later. Go Giants. Go Giants.